Weather radar is one of the most useful tools available to meteorologists and to anyone interested in knowing if rain might be on the way. From its early beginnings during World War II to the advanced equipment used today, weather radar continues to provide vital information for forecasting, severe weather tracking and atmospheric research. Hello and welcome to the Met Aaron podcast. I'm Noel Fitzpatrick. This episode, I'm speaking with Met Aaron's radar meteorologist, Sinead Duffy. Sinead talks us through how weather radar works and its many uses. We then look at how it was discovered, how it has been improved over time, and discuss some major developments coming soon to the Irish radar network. So Sinead, thank you again for, for coming in to see us today. It's great to, great to have you to talk to us. You are Meta Aaron's radar meteorologist. Now that's not something that you encounter every day. What is a radar meteorologist? I guess it's a weather scientist who specializes on working with the uh, radar data and radar equipment. So that's what I am. Okay, and we, we, we'll we be digging in through the course of this episode as to just exactly what radar is. What sort of drew you into that area? Is there something about, was meteorology something you were always interested in? Is, is this an area that really that really drew you in? Yeah, I've, I've loved weather uh, from my life, you know, throughout my life. I um, was a weather observer and then I became a meteorologist and then an opportunity came up in radar. So it's fascinating. It's a fascinating area. It's something, uh, it's one of the most used images uh, or products on our website. I use it myself a lot in my personal life, but and obviously my professional life is 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 consumed by it. So there's a, a huge range of work that we do, uh, dis- despite being a small area. So there's weather radars, uh, the actual hardware. There is the data coming from the radar, the processing of that data. There are areas of work um, looking at interference to our radar. So we work with um, other government bodies such as Comreg. We work with the Department of Communications for frequency management. So there's the electromagnetic spectrum is a finite resource. And so different people want to use it, especially in the last 20 years or so. So we have to work with those people and to make sure we get the best out of our radar infrastructure. And as you as you mentioned, it's one of the most used sources of, of information on our on our website or on our app and, and also on television. It's that coloured map uh, that we see with the blues and the greens and the yellows, etc. What, what are those different colours showing us? They're showing us rainfall intensity or sometimes they're showing us reflectivity. So what's actually measured by the radar is how much radar signal is reflected. So um, the more... Uh, the signals reflected, the in- more intense the colours are. So it goes from the kind of blues up into the yellows and into the reds, and I think it even gets to purples. So um, you'll see a kind of regular frontal rainfall, broad scale rainfall that's in the blues generally, uh, unless it's very heavy. And then when you go into the kind of showery rain, that's pushing up into the into the yellows and reds, the more intense ones. Okay, so it's showing us where it's happening and how intense it is. And I guess also if we look at the last few radar pictures or scans, we can also see how it's moving. We certainly can. We have two hours of radar images on our website, so you can you can play through that and, um, and you know, you can see from which direction the rain's coming from, where it's going, how intense it is, and your brain automatically does the work of showing you where that might be. Um, but we also have a automated system 
called nag casting, which does that by, you know, computer modelling. And that'll improve over time when we get the new radars. The more data in, the better it is. So obviously gathering that data requires a network, not just of of hardware in terms of like the different radar units that, that we'll talk about, but also uh, I'm sure there's a team that you work with in MetAaron as well. Yeah, there certainly is. It's it's not just myself and it's a team that we're building because of the work we're doing now and the work we plan in future. So there are um, radar technicians, uh, one at Dublin and two at Shannon. Uh, they also work with the other weather uh, weather instruments at the airports. We've got a supervising radar technician, so who's who's an oracle <laughs> to me anyway. And we're growing. We're hopefully getting more radar meteorologists because we've you know we have to maintain our our current level of work, but we're also developing with the new Shannon radar. We're going to be developing new products. We are putting in four new radars around the country. And so that is a huge infrastructure project. So we have to manage that project. So we're getting more technicians and and people to manage that huge body of work. And outside of, say, someone like uh, a weather service, are there uses in, in other sectors for radar? Sort of like day to day, are you aware of like other sectors that are using radar for their operations? Yeah, certainly the local authorities do. Uh, flood risk management, you know, if, if we're at a stage where, you know, we've had a lot of rain fall and there's concerns about rainfall coming in a certain area um, that's really used quite extensively by the local authorities and emergency management people. Yeah, and I guess the business community as well, you know, the uh, racing industry. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, construction. Of course, yeah. So there's a huge, huge range of areas. I'd imagine. I'm sure yeah. even... People who are deciding whether to hang out their laundry or not as well. You know, it's a handy thing to look at. I know that's something yeah. my own, you know, my own family does as well. And going out for walks, I certainly use it when I'm heading <laughs> right. out for a walk. <laughs> the dog's getting out or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Very good. And uh, so we use the term radar, but uh, what does radar actually stand for? It stands for radio detecting and ranging. So it's, it's and it's based on radio waves. Okay, so the, the sort yeah. of explanation of, our, I guess, what was going to be my next question is, is how does weather radar work? Yeah, so it sends out electromagnetic waves, which bounce off raindrops and any other precipitation types. So the signal comes back and uh, we, you know, process it through various uh, computers and filters and what you see on the, on the website or whatever. Shows up at rain. Okay, so it's, so, it's, so it's sending out that radio wave, as you say. It's hitting something, hopefully some kind of rainfall or precipitation, and traveling back to where it came from. And we're measuring that signal, and then we're, we're telling stuff about, about the rain from that. What kind of equipment is involved in, in a radar unit? What does it consist of? So there's four main components, if you really simplify it. Okay. So you've got a transmitter, which generates the, the electromagnetic wave. You've got the um, transmit and receive switch that tells the antenna when to transmit and when to receive. You've got the antenna to send the pulses out to uh, the atmosphere and to receive the, the pulse back. And then um, a receiver, which detects and amplifies, because obviously you're getting a lot less back. Um, on the receiving side than you are on the transmitting side. So we have to amplify that and transform the signals into kind of a usable format. And there's various formats we use, but what goes out on the web and what's mainly used are displays. 
Okay. And so just on that point you're saying, which makes a lot of sense, when the beam goes out, it's obviously has a certain amount of power or energy, but coming back, you're only getting a portion of that coming back to you because it's just the amount that gets reflected back. So you really have to magnify that signal. Yeah, you certainly do. And there are different objects that that radar beam can be reflected off. So it can be different types of precipitation, rain, snow, hail. Um, I believe it can even reflect off insects sometimes, things like that. Do you get different reflections depending on what the, the type of object it is? So, yeah, you'd have a different kind of a signal or you'd see a different pattern for a frontal uh, rain situation to a convective rain. Okay. Yeah. So frontal rain will be kind of, you'll see it, it'll be white scale, um, probably across half, if not more, of the country. And you'll you'll be able to see the, the, the weather fronts, so... The, the warm front followed by the cold front. Um, and then with convective situations, you'll see the analogy I like to use is bubbles. If, you, if you're boiling a pan of water, mm-hmm. the bubbles pop up. Yeah. Um, so it's similar to kind of showers. In oh, yeah, way. of course. Yeah. In terms of the accuracy of, of the weather radar in, say, detecting those different uh, showers or frontal rain, or does, does its accuracy vary depending on how far away they are? from where the uh, the radar unit is itself. So like, does, does the distance from the radar unit make a big difference? Yeah, it does. It makes a difference both for the accuracy, uh, for the height, because the, the, you know, the nearer you are to the radar, the smaller the portion of the, the gates are, so uh, the, the range gates. Um, and also where you're looking is different depending on how, how far you are away. So say within 40k, you're looking at a much lower level, you're seeing rainfall much closer to the ground, whereas at the edge of the range, which is about 250k, you're, you're up at about maybe probably over the rainfall that we see, you know, people would be affected by. So the closer you are, you are to the radar, the better and the more useful. Okay. The data is, yeah. So if I, am I right in saying that, that the beam itself then as it moves away from the radar unit, it's kind of spreading out and also it's it's slightly tilted upwards when it leaves the radar. So therefore, it's it's sort of rising and rising as the further you get away. So you can potentially maybe cut off, you know, you, you go above where the rain is actually taking place by the time you get to, as you say, maybe 250 kilometers or something like that. Yeah, the, the phrase under the radar is very literal here. Okay. So, um, so you've got... First of all, you've got our lowest scan that we do is 0.5 degrees above the horizon. Okay. So, you know, that's going up as uh, the further away you get from the, to the radar. And then you've got the drop off, you know, of, of the the earth. So you've got those two things which, you know, mean that the further you get away, the higher the uh, the radar signal is. And um, sometimes you'll see things on the radar that maybe have, have been picked up at a higher level and have are not falling to the ground. Okay, okay. Or so there's other situations where what's falling on the ground is the radar doesn't see it because it's under the level of its signal. Okay, and th- so there's no flat earth here. That's uh, that's a no. definite. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> We're definitely not flat earth. Another piece of evidence. Yeah. That's good. And obviously, one of the things with if, if your beam is traveling long distances, particularly I guess when it's close to the radar unit and still quite close to the ground, is blockage of the beam an issue with things say like, you know, obviously here in Ireland around the coast, we've got plenty of hills and, and mountains and, and I'm sure, you know, buildings and cities and things like that. Is that, is that an issue for, for radar units? Uh, it is, yeah. So our radars, they're both at, 
airports. So at the airports, there's buildings and we have uh, we have reflections from those buildings. But they're quite easy to filter out because the buildings themselves don't move. Um, okay, so it's the same kind of interference you're getting every time so you know how to take you it can, out. It's pretty easy to filter out. Then the mountains, especially for Dublin, when you look south, would, you know, there's quite a bit of blockage to the south from our Dublin radar because of the, the mountains. So... Um, yeah, he would have certain areas or sectors blocked. Do, do things like um, transmission towers or, or like, uh, do, can you get interference with the radar signal from from other from other devices that are admitting radio waves as well? Yeah, so the radar works on a particular frequency. So, uh, and at a certain point in the last twenty years, other industries were allowed access to that frequency with certain conditions and sometimes the, you know people don't follow the rules so we do see um, interference and we try to filter filter it out as much as possible but sometimes you see a kind of a spoke-like effect on, on the radar picture and that can be people using the same frequencies so there are like um, broadband Wi-Fi or CCTV um, and I guess these are problems that have developed that wouldn't have been around when radar first came into use. And it's been around quite a while, really, since around World War II. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so radar was developed during the 30s and 40s. And it was primarily to meet the needs of um, the military. That's where the use of weather radar originated. And it was noticed that you could also see certain uh, rainfall patterns. So over time... That was developed. Also, air traffic control, remote sensing of aircraft, ships, or even your speed cameras. So they all developed from kind of that original 1930s, 1940s okay. military application. Okay, so the the sort of the radar principle was there before it was being used for weather. Actually, I'd heard that. As you say, it was used for detecting aircraft during the war and that when some of the pilots realised this, they would sometimes use precipitation to hide as they were coming in because they knew that the early radar wasn't able to or would get confused by precipitation. Actually, in a previous episode of the podcast, we we talked about storm chasing in Tornado mm. Alley. Yeah. And one of the really useful tools that we had at our disposal on that trip was a really dense network of radar that they have in, 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 in the States and it is what's known as Doppler radar. And it, it didn't only show us where, say, the precipitation was taking place, but it also showed us if precipitation was moving or if it was rotating, which was obviously of interest to us if we were looking for something like a, a large rotating thunderstorm or a tornado. How does how does Doppler work? I guess it, it it's, it's, um, measures the radio, you know, the wind, which way the your target, in this case, a raindrop, which way is it moving? Okay. So that's, I think that that's it in a nutshell. A good analogy for the Doppler effect, and people may have heard this before, is, is you know, a train or a car coming and, you know, the pitch or the sound, the frequency of the sound when the, the train or car is coming towards you is different to uh, the sound of course, when it's yeah. going away from you. So it's the same principle for, um, for the Doppler effect with the weather radar and, and precipitations. So maybe if we focus in on the Irish network a little bit, what what do we currently have in terms of a radar network in Ireland? You mentioned the airports earlier. So our current radar network, uh, is, we have two single pole C-band radars. So they're one at Dublin and one at Shannon. Um, and because we, we have, Midairn has been at the airports, they're located at the airports, but 
they don't have to be. So we're currently towards the end of a project, uh, you know, realizing a project to uh, replace the Shannon Rider. So and that's that's a, a project that I'm managing. So um, that's a major a major upgrade, I'd imagine. What's the plan? What kind of a an upgrade? What kind of a unit is going to be put in there? So we're putting a dual pole radar, a, a C band again. So, yeah, we've been working for a few years on that. So we have to uh, work we, uh, with um, engineers, architects, um, you know, our Mechanelec people. So we obviously have to buy, have had to buy the radar. We have to um, refit the radar room. If anyone's been to Shannon Airport and you see the golf ball on the roof, that's the radar. That's really it's it's, okay. it's it's large. Um, the the golf ball bit is the radar. That's six point five meters. So it's not small. And th- that's just to protect the radar unit, is it? Like the golf ball, the the radar. It is, yeah, yeah. Because you've got the antenna inside, you've got the radome, the golf ball, and that protects it from the weather, ironically. <laughs> so so there is a coating on the radome to deter hygroscopic, I think, hygroscopic, yeah. Ah, very good, okay. Uh, yeah. And will the new unit that's going in, will that produce imagery that looks different? Or, or like, what will be the benefit of this upgrade? Initially, we'll, we'll get the same data. So what the radar actually measures is reflectivity. So we're measuring how, how much power is reflected back from the raindrops. So we'll still, and then that's transferred that into um, to an image to show the, the rainfall or other precipitation. Then over time, we'll, we'll develop those products. So we'll say what type of rain it is, what, you know, there'll be various products and we'll, we'll be putting more information on the on the website so people can use the products in a good way. We'll hopefully put the wind date on there as well because that's not one of our current pro- products. So, yeah, we'll have a, a lot more products. Fantastic. You know? yeah. in, the, in the lead up to, to getting that operational, I'd imagine it's inevitable there'll be some disruption for the, the current Shannon radar. There will, yeah. There will, we'll have to turn off the Shannon radar. Um, it was, the original one was installed in ninety six. Or the one that's currently there, it's it's you know, it, it has an end of life, and we're approaching that. So, uh, it, it will be offline for about three months, but we're putting in place a number of mitigation measures. Measures. So one of them is an X-band radar, and the other one is an area that you're involved with, Noel, the satellite radar products, which are both measuring precipitation, but they're looking at at it from a different angle. So not quite the same thing, but it'll give the public uh, and ourselves a another way to see what what the rainfall is on the ground. That's great. Yeah. So so there will be, as you say, it won't be exactly the same, but we will have coverage for that area, uh, both from the X band radar. That'll be great, and also then the satellite products and those satellite products which will be brought in for this. They'll stay on once the radar is upgraded as well, because it'll give another, as you say, another angle, uh, another piece of information to work out exactly where the rain is. And in some ways it mightn't be giving the same or as detailed information as the Shannon radar, but in other ways it might give, be able to look at areas that the Shannon radar can't currently see, like for example, far out and further out in the Atlantic, it'll have a better range. So we might be able to see showers b- uh, further away before they reach us. Yes, yeah, so as, as currently, so the range is 250 kilometres from Shannon. So obviously we can't go out much further than that or 
any further than that into the Atlantic. So the satellite and people will be used to certain satellite images on the on the, our website, the app and on the forecasts. But um, this will be a new product. So that's the Shannon radar. And then do we have a, a broader plan for, for upgrades in Ireland? As you said, we've got two units. Can we can we expect to see more units in Ireland going forward? I think we can do better. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've been planning this for a long time. I think there's been a number of studies that we did over the years. You know, you certainly did one on on comparing the radar with the um, the totals with the totals um, from the rain gauges. That's so, right. Yes. You know what we measure on the ground. And there was some spots around the country that that really stood out as being um, not well served by our current network. So we'd have the southeast, that's far away from Dublin. It's also blocked by the Dublin mountains. We've had pa- parts of the southwest, the northwest. So we do have a program that we're we're working on over the past few years to put four new radars around the country and to fill those gaps and to give um, a better picture to the the country and to ourselves. Severe weather detection helps with flood forecasting. Absolutely. Now casting as well, that's another one. So, yeah. Well, that would be really useful. As you say, there are some areas where where the radar coverage is, isn't great. And while it can be an inconvenience some of the times, at other times, if during severe weather, it's very useful to know just how much rainfall has come in. Like you mentioned, like local authorities earlier, they would want to know what kind of uh, what kind of rainfall they're expecting into the river basins, things like that. So that would be really, really useful. So in scenarios where the forecast isn't as good as we might like, say, in the, the Wexford flooding at Christmas in 2021. So... Our radar didn't pick pick up the the rainfall just for the reasons you know it's blocked it's blocked to the south. So a, a radar in the southeast would be really really beneficial in that scenario, and it's to the forefront of our mind when when we're working on it. Yeah, of course. Well, it's a very exciting time to be involved in radar meteorology. I, I know how busy you are, obviously, and and. Uh, as we said at the start of the show, it's it's one of the most used sources of data, whether we really know what it was or where it's coming from. But I think uh, today has really helped to maybe illuminate that a bit more and, and give a bit more information on, on what it is we're looking at and also what we can look forward to in, uh, in the months and, and years to come. So, Sinead, thank you so much for coming in to us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Noel. It was a pleasure to be here. That's all for this episode. My thanks again to Sinead for joining us this month and giving great insight into the benefits and potential of weather radar. We're really looking forward to seeing those new additions to the Irish Radar Network. As always, if you've any thoughts or questions on today's episode, be sure to get in touch on Metairn's social media channels or drop an email to podcast at met.ie. And if you're not already subscribed, you can do so wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening this month and I look forward to speaking with you soon.